0: Good guy. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody. If you know, we're in installment number three of All In. And today, we're going to talk about Abraham and, and Sarah. Last week, we talked about the emotional attitude of faith. Today, we're going to talk about a word that gets a bad rap, that, that word that no one likes to say on their lips, the word patience. <laughs> See, when you say patience, the whole room goes down. But this title today is Pursue Everything Patiently. How many know that our God is never in a hurry? You know, you get the straight route, you know, two hours to get to Dallas. You know our God will go around Texas. About four days later, he'll show up in Dallas. (laughs) And in between that, something's happening to us. And he does it because he loves us. Not because he hates us. And what we're going to talk about today, and you are going to go through two chapters, chapters, Genesis chapter 16 and chapter 17. We're going to skim through those and talk about how to wait on God and not, not to run away, run ahead of him. Let's start in uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. If you have it on the screens, I'm using the ESV as always. Now, Sarah is Abram, Abram's wife had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. You want to circle that. The Lord never prevents anything from you. But this is how she was feeling. Man, I talk about feeling. Faith has emotions. Go into my servant. It may, that, <clears throat> it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. So Sarah, So after Abraham had lived 10 years in the land in Canaan of Canaan, Sarah's, Abraham's wife took Hagar, Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when he saw that she had conceived, and we saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. He's in trouble. Everyone, all the other husbands said, I've been there. Not in that portion, but you've been in trouble. <laughs> but Abram said to Sarah, behold, your servant is in your power. Do as you please. Then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. You'll see a portion of faith it's a big word in there. There's a delay from the promise. We talked about the emotions of Abraham. Waiting. Remember we said last year, I mean last week, 10 years he's in the land. For Sarah, being married and having children was an honor in those days. Without that, she looked on as reproach. She was a, it was like to her a curse that she was cursed that she couldn't have children. So this is very big to her. They heard the plan of God. And sometimes we have this issue when we hear the plan of God and the promise of God, we want to help God. And we all fall prey to that. And there's three things you want to look at. Because when you're not patient, you're impatient. And what happens when you're impatient, it causes you to run ahead of God. Run ahead of everything he has. Run ahead of his word, run ahead of his will, and run ahead of his his way. We always have to remember walking with God. That delay does not necessarily mean denial. A delay does not necessarily mean denial. And we have to, a lot of times we have to keep our hands off and let God be God. But we're all fall prey to that. The first one he did, Abraham, knew what God said. And we heard that Sarah understood what God said, but she kind of felt slighted. Emotionally. And what happened is the very first one, God had a word for Abram. So what happened to Abram? He ran ahead of God's word. He ran ahead of his word. God said it. But Sarah said something different. And what happens is we start to rationalize and manipulate God's timetable. Because it did make sense in those days. It was legal to take a concubine into your home, and if the, if the wife could not have children, she would have be a surrogate mother, and you'd give it to, them, to the mother. It made sense. It was logical. But you know, faith also makes sense and is logical. Because it's so logical to put your, your faith in a trustworthy person object, which is God. That's logical. But with her, it felt like this made sense. Since I can't have it, maybe God doesn't see I can't have children, so I'll go and do it and help him out. How many have been there? Helping God out. Rationalize it. Manipulating it. Running ahead of his word. And that's when it said that Abram Abraham listened to Sarah's word versus God's word. And God's word is going to have to match Sarah's word. Because he was impatient. 10 years. 86 years old. No children. Sarah knew. My womb is a tomb. And Abram, I'm just as old as it. What? That's real. So when we have a chance to make it work been there Want to make it work so bad and I want God to bless it after I make it yeah. but he's not obligated to do that so he went against her word and her word she was a, she was a trusted agent in his household it made sense to him because I know it came yeah God said I have this but yeah this got to be the way this has to be the right way but it's not what his word said Abraham, I'm going to do this, but you have to wait and let me do it. Church, whatever you're waiting on, you got to let God do it. Don't help him. I've been there that I've created stuff, and i have been there because He's never obligated to whatever I build to take apart. He makes me take it apart, and then He will get back on the road. So He ran ahead of His word, and it made sense. You're in relationships, all those. you try to run ahead of, because you, ah, it must be God because this door opened. No, no, that's the circumstance. Don't look at the circumstance, look at his word. Yeah. And that's what he did. Next thing is, verse three, he ran ahead of his will. How do we stay in the center of God's will? Because that's where the test is when it comes to waiting Amen. patiently. To know, God, when we do counseling, one of the number one questions we ask when someone's in turmoil, I learned that from Ms. Donna because I sit down, I'm, I'm supposed to listen to what she says because she's been to school for it. And I, she always says this, did God tell you that? And they'll say, no, my mother told me that. And circumstances lined up, and I thought, and the stars were just aligned perfectly. So I thought, okay, now what did God say? It's like marriages. If you have struggle in your marriage, guess who's right? Husbands, you think you're right? Wives, you think you're right? Guess what? You're both wrong. Christ is right. Because you're both selfish. Okay. Okay. That'll cost you $50. <laughs> but how do you know you're walking in? And that's something I have I have struggled with, but I, I put something in place. I'm known for not making a lot of decisions. I'm known for managing the ones I make. As John Maxwell says, don't turn on so many decisions. Manage the ones you make. So when I look at that, Running ahead of his will. There's some principles I use. Now, you can use whatever you want, but I just want to share some with you. How I can stay in God's will. The first one is the confirmation of God's word. I want to confirm whatever his word is saying. I'm walking in that with his word. Now, that's uncomfortable because I like what I like, but God knows what I need. The second one is solitude. I need to be alone Sometimes, a lot. Lately, a lot. But once a week, when I study, I'm home, I'm by myself. And y'all get mad because I don't answer the phone. I know that. But I need that, especially when weighing some decisions and making sure I'm preaching God's will versus preaching my own. And I've noticed today the world's getting louder. As it's getting more connected, it's getting louder, and I have to push all that out. Second, the third one is I try to use inner conviction. Now, Abraham had an inner conviction when Sarah said it, but the problem is it didn't line up with the confirmation, it didn't confirm God's word. So you can't use one without the other. So I got to make sure my inner conviction is biblical, not personal. So I try to use those that area. The fourth one is, I try to seek out godly counsel. And usually God will speak in multiples because when you hear his word, someone will come along with the same word that confirms it and says, okay, I'm okay, don't move. The fourth one I use, and I use that sparingly because I see what happened with Abraham, how he, the circumstances lined up and that's the practical circumstances around me to see if it lines up. I don't lead with that because a lot, I can make a lot of things line up. I remember I told Donna, when we come back to the States, we're going to Georgia. We're going to Georgia. And she said, honey, I don't think we're going to Georgia. I said, honey, you have no faith. We're going to Georgia. God said we're going to Georgia. So I, we're going to Georgia. So I got assignment to Georgia. And I'm going to make sure she had an assignment. So in the time of monsoon rains and high winds, I'm driving down Okinawa in God's will. I'm going to make us go to Georgia, and I'm driving in the wind and the rain and putting everyone in danger because of God's will, calling the states, hey, I am going to Georgia. No one would answer the phone, but I'm in God's will, and God spoke to me. And what's, if, if, Okay, now, if I'm in this, why are you working so hard, and why are you putting your family in danger? I had no answer. I was trying to make things line up circumstantially. And then God took us on a journey and brought us to Abilene. Last 30 days before we left, we didn't know where to ship the car. And they said, Abilene. They said, Abilene, okay, let's look. The only thing we knew overseas was the weather map. There's Fort Worth. There's Midland. There's no Abilene there. (laughs) And I came home. I said, we're going to Abilene. And then she said, let's cover together. I'm like, she's happy. because I was trying to learn up the circumstances. So easy to do. My will and God's will. That's what God's in trouble in the garden. We've been struggling ever since with that. And what happens is when we do that, guys, we're in danger of selling for less for God's best. We'll get something good. But it's better from God. We settle for less. When you're in a hurry, you settle for less than the best. You do have relationships, you settle for less than waiting for the best. And patience is tough today because everything's so quick. But that's my mindless and it can it's not perfect, but you need to create your own in the in-betweens. Because in the middle of it, God is not like Sarah felt that God was holding something back from her. He really wasn't. He was preparing her for something greater. See, the faith has to grow. in in the midst of all the waiting, guess what happens? Your faith grows. Your dependence grows. Your hope grows. Third one is, you can run ahead of his way. Now, what they did, they used the cultural way. In those days, a cultural norm to do that. But then we forgot we serve a supernatural God who has a supernatural way. He waited till everything was dead. Then he says, now I'm going to go ahead and perform what you cannot. But the cultural way, is it makes sense. That was the cultural way. Have a surrogate mother. But God's way is supernatural. Let me do it, and you can't take credit for it. So there's a cultural way and there's a supernatural way. Whatever we think we can fit in, that's not it. Isaiah 55-9 says this, For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and the thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are way higher than mine. He's thinking so far ahead. He sees the football field, I just see the yard line. That's why they put positional coaches up so they can see the whole field. God sees the whole field, the whole world, your whole life. So I must have to trust his way. It's amazing. But the cultural way, the cultural norm, which we're trying to take now, the Bible, and make it cultural normal, it, you can't, it doesn't fit. You know. Now you hear these, well, you know, divorce is culturally normal. It's not normal. Culturally is normal, but biblically is not. Just because you feel that way, that doesn't mean it doesn't change the truth. But, you know, the cultural way. And he was innocent. Again, I used to slam him for this. But he wanted to make sure that God's promise was going to come to pass. And he wanted to help. How many helpers I got here? <laughs> want to help. I want to help God. Don't understand it, but I can help you, God. Really, I can. He's like, will you sit on? <laughs> and what he did, he gave him a. He just gave him a plan. He told him one thing, because you got to man look at. It. And at Genesis sixteen sixteen it said Abraham was eighty six years old when Ishmael was born. Because she ran off, and she ran. At, she met an angel of the Lord. What they said was incarnate Jesus, and found her. It's great when you run away from people. God runs towards you. You will run right into God in the desert. And put it back. Say, go submit to your your maidservant. Go submit to Sarah. It says, 1616 says, he was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And Ishmael means, I see. Chapter 17, verse 1. Goes like this. When Abram was 99 years old, uh-oh, it's 13 years. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. You may, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. The Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of the multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and the king shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, an everlasting covenant. To be God to you and to your offspring after you. Very important script um, passage in the Bible. That's when you start to include us, the Gentiles. Not only was he going to be the father of the Jews, he was going to be father of the Arabs, where Israel came from. I mean, from uh, Ishmael came from the Arab nation, but also the, the generations. That's us, the Gentiles. He's going to be the father of all of us, and it all connects. If you go to Genesis, I mean, Galatians chapter three, verses six through nine, says, we are the offspring of Abraham. Now, how do you give a guy who blew it so bad, so much? What do you do for 13 years? Nothing. No revelation, no nothing. How do you think he felt? No voice, 13 years, zero. You know what he probably thought? I blew it so bad, God ain't coming back. I screwed up so bad, he's not coming back. What he told him to do, he said, walk with me. Walk before me, walk with me. Basically, he's saying, walk in the presence of me and be blameless. The word blameless means this. Sound, wholesome, unimpaired, innocent, and having an integrity. When you walk before me, that will be you. And that's when I wrote this down because after 13 years of nothing, and the guy blew it, I wrote this down last Wednesday. God's grace is greater than my mistakes and failures. Thank you, you don't treat me the way I treat people and write them off. He didn't have no... He didn't. Have, he could start with the way God was. It was his company. I could start off with someone else. He came down and was with grace. He didn't say, I told you, after 13 years, he actually instituted and helped and blessed Ishmael. And he said, my name, when you hear it the first time, is El Shaddai. It means Almighty God. Brother, get on your knees because almighty God is speaking to you right now. I'm all powerful. I'm all sufficient. I will take care of the promise. All you have to do is walk before me and be blameless, which means in sincerity, do not touch the buttons. Some of you flyers in here will understand when you give incentive rides, do not touch that button, especially if there's a red guard on it. If you touch the red guard button, there's something bad's going to happen. Not been in long enough when they hit the wrong button, something bad happened. Do not touch the instruments. Trust me. Then something powerful happened. Failure. Mistakes. He changes his name to Abraham, which means father of multitude. Changes Sarah's name. Now you are a princess. That signifies a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. The mistakes, the failures have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And the reason why he's able to change his name because God wants to change you into that which He wants you to do. It's nothing worse. Here's the hardest thing. There's bad. There's one thing about not getting the present, the promise. It's even worse to get the promise too early. And you're not ready for it. You'll blow up your own promised land. You will blow it up because your character is not ready to handle it. And how's he holding out character? For him, the 20 something years he's holding out character. Every time I talk to a man of faith, old man, hey man, I'm going through this. This is going. He says, man, Rich, the guy's developing your character. I'm like, how long does he have to do that? <laughs> because he wants you to go on your promised land prepared. And then again, Abraham thought, well, Abraham thought, Abraham now thought, well, you know, yeah, because Ishmael, he's going to be the guy. Then you go to 1721. God said, no, 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 no. I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. You mean the one who's dead inside? She's 89. She's going to be 80. She's 89 next year? I'll be 100. She'll be 90 next year. I mean, really? 100 years old, 90. Child. Really? Is this a joke? See? It's the supernatural side of God. It's hard to, faith is hard for us to fathom. But it makes sense because the one that is, in, is not about the object, it's not about faith, it's about the object of our faith, who is Christ, is God himself. Nine, 100 years old, 90. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm going to bless Ishmael too. That's the Arab nation. They're wild, we know that. It says so in the Bible, so we don't have to look, you don't have to go to school and learn that. Just in the Bible. Establish my covenant. That's when the first time you see about circumcision. Here's another interesting thing you get circumcised at 99 years old. That got to hurt. It'll hurt at 58. All I need you to do, walk before me and now get cut. What? Really? Can I get grandfathered in? <laughs> you got to read your Bible. 99. Then a the whole household. Now, the way we look at it sometimes, we think circumcision was a sign for the covenant. No, circumcision was a badge to the covenant. That showed because you were in the covenant that you did it. Not you could do it to be saved. You do it because you are saved. That's so old household. 99 years old. Come on, man. Let's see where your heads are going. Would you say yes to God? doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense because we put our faith in that which is unshakable that which is dependable that which is trustworthy i looked at god's track record from genesis to revelation he hasn't lost a case yet but it took me to a scripture in romans chapter 4 17 to 21 when we read this it's amazing this is paul talking about abraham he says, "As written, I have made you the father of many nations." This reference to Genesis chapter 17. In the presence of the God whom he believed, who gives life to what, and causes an existence to what? That talks about the God of creation. Remember, He made nothing, to the world. He made something out of nothing, called in, in theology ex nihilo, nothing to something. Now, if I'm nothing, he can definitely make me something. The God of all creation. And causing existence of things that do not exist. Keep going. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of what? Many nations. As he's been told, Sell shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in his faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as what? As good as what? Since he was 100 years old, what is happening in a 100-year-old person? Not much. <laughs> or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, which you can say tomb, but he's the one that calls things, oh, yeah, he's the one, the God of all creation and the God of the resurrection. So when Jesus was dead in the tomb, Jesus was in the tomb for three days. God said, raise him up. Sarah's to him was dead. God said, raise it up. Here comes Isaac. He calls those things. He brings those things that are dead today to life. You think some of your dreams are dead? They're not dead. They're dormant. Unless you start praying over them, they're going to come back to life. How many faithful people I got in here? Uncover your dreams and your visions. Sweep them off. They're not dead. they God's preparing you for. I got to finish this i got to finish this. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced. How I many fully convinced people I have in here? Amen. That God was able to do what he had promised. How he glorified God is by believing God. How we glorify God is when we trust God. Sarah was beyond age of childbearing. Abraham was beyond age, but faith made them strong. Now, what happened to his faith, it grew in between that 25-year period. And that takes t- t- patience. And he, ha- he did. He ran ahead of his word like we do. He ran ahead of his will, will like we do. And he ran ahead of his way like we're prone to do. But God always comes back and says, are you done now? My grace is so sufficient. Get back and walk with me. Walk in my presence so you'll be whole. And you'll, ha- you'll build the integrity I'm trying to build in your life. So when you get into the promised land, you do not lose it. Because he's more about our character than he is our comfort. Amy Carmichael says this: Everything I say, everything that goes wrong in my life, she's, I look at it. She says this, and, her, and I, she says you got to look at a way, got to look at a way to die. Thank you, Amy. I really needed that one. Whatever's going wrong, thank you, honey. Whatever's going wrong in my life, she said, look at, it, at a way to die to it. Oh. Because God is shaping you. And that's a different perspective. Because the more I die, the more He works. Everyone stand. The more I die, the more He works. The reason why I can be strong in the Word because the Word I want to put the Word in me. That's the only way I can make it through the twenty-six years without God's Word and His promises, guys and me reading it and becoming part of me and start to read me, it'd be a tough life to live. But when you pursue everything patiently, now if you have gone ahead of God, again, his grace (laughs) is greater than your mistakes and your failures. Because Abraham did not deserve a second chance. But we have a God, we serve a God who gets second and third chances because he knows what's in us. So you this week, you figure out, God, how can I hear you better? If it's your time, your word, how do I work on that solitude, which I think we all need? <laughs> how can I hear you? What can I do? But here's the thing. I will not do anything until you tell me to do it. If I don't have a yes, if it's a pause, like you do a, a ready, I'll just pause. And people get, you're pausing. You don't have a plan. I have a plan. I'm waiting for the one who can unpause me. So if you've been going, you're not ready yet. Someone's trying to push something on you and you you haven't heard God. Hey, don't let that circumstances don't. It's a good idea. That's not cultural. It's a cultural norm. Pause. Just pause and wait on the Lord. And let him give you the answers. He'll give it to other people. But most of he gives it to his time, and he gives it to you in solitude. And then you know that you know that you know you're fully convinced that this will take place. Can you imagine Abraham? I'm the father of many nations. Terry said, so you ain't got no kids. What kind of nation are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know Noah? Hey, this is going to flood the earth. Ain't no it ain't rain. It never rained here yet. We never had, what's, what's rain? I never heard of rain. 100, year, 100 years of believing, I'm going to build an ark. You, I'm building an ark. Are you crazy? I'm building an ark. Then your children got to build an ark, so they can't go to high school because they got to build an ark. <laughs> and you say, I think mom and dad is crazy. Don't, they never heard of rain. Never heard of floods. See how faith is? It's logical because you believe what God says, and we, he's the one that's very dependable. It's illogical to those who don't follow God. It's, it's not the cultural norm. I'm overtime. I know. Two weeks in a row, I got to cut this. Don't live your life on cultural norms and cultural ways. Live your life biblical ways. Don't seem like it's working. It is. You just don't see it. It's like the iceberg. You see a little part of the iceberg, but down belief is really strong. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. We pursue everything patiently.